Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything. We got a great one tonight, guys. Uh, the mighty Thea Harper produces our show out of Brooklyn this evening. Chris Houseltz in South Carolina. I come to you from Manhattan. What a day. If you haven't seen the political comedy show of the year yet, you can go catch the Sexy Liberal Tour on pay-per-view. Go to SexyLiberal.com and see the show we just did in L.A. with Stephanie Miller and Frangela, Hal Sparks and me. And my God, Glenn Kirshner is in this show. Ron Perlman's in this show. Malcolm Nance. It's totally crazy. I hope you like it. Uh, And if you want to come see us live, there'll be a lot of dates next year. I can announce you right now. San Francisco is on sale for January 20th. It is going to be our first date of the election year. We haven't played San Francisco since before the pandemic. I'm so the last time we played there, Nancy Pelosi came on stage. God knows what could happen this time. I can't wait to get back to San Francisco and I hope you'll join us. It is one year to the day before the next president is sworn in. This coming January 20th, Saturday night, San Francisco. Go to sexyliberal.com for more information. And we have so much to get to tonight. House Speaker Mike Johnson announced the Biden impeachment inquiry will continue with unanimous support from the House GOP. I have a theory about why he's doing this, too, because it's only going to help Joe Biden. I mean, it's only going to help Joe Biden. And Mike Johnson seemed to understand that when he first got the speaker's gavel. Of course, now that he's actually got the job, he realizes the job is working with Democrats against the will of Republicans to try to keep the country running. And he wants to keep the job, which means he's going to throw any bone to the Matt Gates caucus he possibly can. The House passed a resolution declaring anti-Zionism to be the same as anti-Semitism in a vote that totally split the Democratic caucus. A number of Jewish Democrats voted present on this one because they wanted to vote to condemn anti-Semitism, but they were not about to say anti-Zionism is the same as anti-Semitism because saying that is anti-Semitism. Jesus Christ. Uh, Congressman Patrick McHenry, remember him, the, the enchanted gnome from the forest who was the brief speaker pro tem? He will not be seeking re-election due to popular demand. Israel Defense forces have pushed deep into southern Gaza, telling refugees and locals 
clear out of areas that have previously been marked as safe. Nancy Mace has lost her chief of staff, deputy chief of staff and legislative director in one week, with anonymous sources saying that her office has a toxic environment. I don't know what the story is, but I predict we will know what the story is uh, probably by Valentine's Day. Also, Joe Biden said today that his reelection campaign was prompted by Donald Trump's decision to run for president again. And he said he's doing this to keep his predecessor from reclaiming the White House. He said it. If Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running. But he said we cannot let him win. How do you feel about this? And Disney and Pixar are bringing back all the movies that weren't able to play theaters during the pandemic. Soul, Luca, and Turning Red, all of which had to go to streaming first, will be released in theaters next year. And... I'm not even a fan of all of those movies. I live with a child, seen them all, but I'm delighted they're doing this. Tonight on the show, the great David Korn of The Nation and Mother Jones will be here to discuss the hopes for a two-state solution. And our comedy daddy, Keith Price, joins us in Hour 3. But all night long, our most important guest is you guys. We got some sad news today. It's been a really rough year for music. We've lost a lot of great musicians. A lot of them have been friends of this show. Robbie Robertson and David Crosby both did this show many times, and... God knows we we love Sinead O'Connor and Shane McGowan. We've just lost Denny Lane, who was one of the founders of the Moody Blues and a co-founder with Paul and Linda McCartney of Wings. He died today after a battle with interstitial lung disease. He was 79 years old. Paul McCartney did a lovely tribute and saying it was a pleasure to know him. Talked about how the Moody Blues and Beatles really respected each other in the early days. Denny Lane's most famous song would have to be, I guess, the Moody Blues cover in 1964 of Go Now, which reached number one in England. And when he left the band and formed Wings with Paul and Linda, we forget that Wings really was a trio of those three for a number of albums. Very often he sang Go Now, I think, in every concert Wings ever did in the 1970s. It's one of the highlights on the Wings Over America live album. Just great. He sang a lot of great songs, and McCartney was very comfortable letting him sing, letting him write songs, letting him take the mic now and then. He, uh, of course, co-wrote Mull of Kintyre with Paul McCartney, which at the time became the biggest-selling non-charity song in UK history. It combined Paul's love of Scotland and Denny's just great songwriting. It was recorded during a break from the album uh, London Town in 1978. It became the first song to ever sell two million copies in the UK, written by Paul McCartney and Denny Lane. He had had COVID, and then shortly after there, he developed this interstitial lung disease. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018 for the Moody Blues, not for Wings, because Wings is still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now, well, it, it might be too late, but uh, we were really honored to have him on the show when we did the show on the other channel in the daytime. He came in and spent an hour with Frank Conniff and me, and we talked about so much in music. He was brilliant and warm and just a delightful guy. Um, we're going to play some Denny Lane music tonight, both with Wings and... Uh, <laughs> and with the Moody Blues. Now, let's talk about our government. Just hours after Speaker Mike Johnson declared that rioters in the January 6th insurrection would have their faces blurred in security footage, everyone sat up and said, wait a minute, blurred? What, what, why are their faces blurred? What, what, why are you releasing this and making a big fuss over your full transparency and then blurring the pictures? Give a quick listen. Here he is updating reporters on the House GOP project to release the full January 6th footage. In the interest of full transparency, 
except that all the criminals are going to be blurred to protect them. <laughs> Give a listen. We trust House Republicans trust the American people to draw their own conclusions. We should not. They should not be dictated by some narrative and accept that as fact. So they can review the tapes themselves. Uh, we're going through a methodical process of releasing them as quickly as we can. As you know, we have to blur some of the faces of persons who uh, participated in in, uh, in the events of that day because we don't want them to be retaliated against and uh, and, and and to be charged by the DOJ and and to have other uh, you know concerns and problems. So. Uh, that's a slow process to get it done. We're working steadily on it. We've hired additional personnel to do that. And uh, all of those tapes ultimately at the end will, will be out so everybody can see them and draw their own conclusion. OK, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson, I'm going to call it, is officially in over his head because everything you just heard him say makes no sense. And I think he's doing this again just to throw some conciliatory red meat to the frothiest mouths of his right wing caucus. Um, first off, he said they were blurring the photos of these people who participated in the crimes that he doesn't want to be charged by the DOJ. This is the same guy, Mike Johnson, who worked to overturn the 2020 election in favor of Donald Trump. And he told reporters that as speaker, he's decided to release videos of this terrorist attack that day with the faces blurred so the DOJ can't prosecute them. Here's the deal. Congress already gave all the video to the DOJ. The DOJ has had all the video for a very long time, unblurred. Mike Johnson lied to everyone, stupidly. He's releasing it because he promised it to MAGA, but he's blurring the faces so MAGA will think he's on their side because MAGA doesn't mind crimes when white male MAGAs do it. Marjorie Taylor Greene said the whole point of releasing tapes was to identify all the Antifas and the FBI in the crowd. I thought it was FBI and Antifa doing it. Remember, we kept hearing these were Black Lives Matters and liberals, and, and they were undercover pretending to be Trump supporters on January 6th? Because liberals and Black Lives Matter supporters dressed up as Trump supporters because their guy won... And they wanted to stop him from taking off. The lies are too dumb to even say. But again, we did this for transparency. That's why we're blurring the faces of Trump's terrorists and still pushing his election lie and reminding you goober racist back home to blame the FBI. Like, like, OK, he, he, let's say someone breaks into your house and steals your stuff and destroys your property and takes a dump on your floor and tries to hang your weird older uncle with a gallows and you film it all. Do you blur out the faces to protect the identities of the people who invaded your house? It's not even that it's a cover-up. It's pathetic pandering. And speaking of pathetic pandering, I got to talk about Tommy Tuberville just a bit. Because you know Tommy Tuberville. He, he's a football coach, lives in Florida, and for the last 20 years or so. And he uh, pretends to live in Alabama. He's a senator from Alabama where he does not live. And he's uh, quickly, in the last year, cultivated a reputation for being one of the most ignorant members of the Senate and one of the most anti-military. And today, you probably heard he announced he's dropping some of his months-long blockade on military officer nominations in the Senate. He, he vowed he would hold on until the Pentagon changed their internal abortion policy that was a lie, too. But we'll get to it. He has been protesting the Pentagon's policy on abortion since February. See, uh, depending on the case, the Pentagon can give service members time off and pay for transportation if they have to travel to a different state to terminate a pregnancy because the Pentagon respects the women 
who are serving this country, the women who have volunteered to risk their life if called upon to defend our nation. And if these women want to have control of their own bodies and have to cross state lines because Roe v. Wade was overturned last year, the Pentagon will reimburse them for the travel. They don't pay for the abortions. They don't pay for the abortions. But because of this, this man, Tuberville, has blocked 450 military promotions since March. He has been a one-man show against the Defense Department's policy of reimbursing travel costs for women because he is that offended as a revoltingly fake Christian by women having control over their own bodies. And the Republicans in the Senate have begun to make it pretty clear they're sick of this and they've run out of patience. So he's finally conceded and dropped his holds. And today is the day he finally achieved his goal. Nothing. He has done nothing. He has achieved nothing except making himself famous for dickery. He has done nothing to change the Pentagon's policy of letting service members travel for abortion access. Here is Tommy Tuberville holding his imaginary trophy, telling reporters he will now relinquish his one-man battle against military promotions. It was pretty much a draw. I mean, they didn't get what they wanted. We didn't get what we wanted. And, you know, just, when, they, when they change the rules, it's hard to, it's hard to win. And so they changed the NDA rules. We didn't get to fight for it to leave it in the Senate. And so just unfortunate the American people didn't get a voice. Do you mind just stating what you said off camera real quick? Just what's going to happen? What just happened? Yeah, just like a... Well, we're going to, I'm releasing everybody. I still got a hold on, I think, 11 four-star generals. Everybody else is completely released from me. Now, somebody else might, I think some, a few other people got holds on one or two or three people. But other than that, it's over. I mean, imagine a guy who's trying to make life difficult for professional, professional hired killers. This is the military. He's going to inconvenience professional hired killers because he's so pro-life. Now, now you might be wondering, why is some mediocre college football coach able to totally kneecap the entire U.S. military? What a massive waste of taxpayer money. What a what an incredible threat one moron can pose to national security. And the fact that Alabama voters replaced Doug Jones or Tommy Tuberville will tell you all you need to know about the people who show up to vote in Alabama most of the time. Now, typically, the Senate Majority Leader will bring a list of military promotions to the floor. And the chamber says, oh, okay, let's vote on all these people at once. Unanimous consent is needed. And they approve the promotions. Democrats have been trying to bring individual candidates to the floor for a vote since March. And there were too many stall promotions for this to work. And his whole blockade allegedly stems from his theocratic Christian nationalist bullshit ideology that, like most Christian nationalists, is in no way based by Christ. He's demanding the Pentagon repeal their policy. See, these guys pretend to be the law and order party. They pretend to be the law and order party, but their attacks on the Capitol show they don't mean it. They pretend to be the do something about immigration party, but they won't do anything to punish people who hire undocumented workers. They say they want to ban abortion. They, they care about abortion party, but they won't fight for birth control access. They won't fight for sex ed to reduce the number of abortions. Oh, and they say they're supportive of the military. And then they pull stunts like this. Here is Brigadier General Pat Ryder. He was asked about the impact Tommy Tuberville's actions have had on your military. What was accomplished by Senator Tuberville's hold? Uh, I'd have to refer you to Senator Tuberville uh, to talk about that. I mean, clearly, from a Department of Defense standpoint, um, we have a mission to do. 
uh, and we require senior leaders in key positions to help lead and conduct the operations of the Department of Defense. Uh, and so I'll just leave it at that. Can you be more specific about the impact it actually had in terms of the officers and their families? What what, what impacted it? Yeah, well, clearly, um, again, uh, as evidenced by everything that's going on in the world right now, uh, we have a very uh, important mission in terms of defending this nation. And any time you add a level of uncertainty uh, into uh, the chain of command, uh, it, it creates an unnecessary friction. It has an impact on readiness as we try to stay focused on the mission, which we are going to do. Uh, and so uh, this department is um, very focused on a daily basis on getting that mission done. But when it's unclear whether or not your senior uh, leaders are going to be in place at the time and place they're needed, that, of course, creates unnecessary friction and does have impact on readiness. Was there any agreement made with Senator Tuberville? What changed? Uh, I'd have to refer you to Senator Tuberville for that. Boom. So here's the deal. If you want to change the policy, Senator, what you do is you, you, you drum up a lot of public support for your change. And when you have the votes, you change the policy. That's how that works in America. But Tommy Tuberville doesn't live in America. He lives in Magaland. And that is where he chooses to score cheap points with revoltingly fake Christian lunatics while hurting his country's safety. This guy cast his first vote in Congress to overturn the legitimate election of 2020. And he's nothing more than another Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, show pony from MAGA. They don't care about legislating. They don't care about making laws. They're the ultimate Republicans. No legislative accomplishments. What has Tommy Tuberville done to help people since he's been in Congress? A lot of chaos, sucking up to Trump all the time, pushes conspiracy theories, doesn't want to govern because that's requires work <laughs> he is the talabama ban uh, this guy has been jeopardizing america's military readiness in this political stunt now in early november the senate brought 61 individual nominees to the floor for a vote tuberville objected to all of them and that's what pissed off the republicans and that's why this finally happened today the pentagon's warned so many times of the military consequences of this guy's blockade the secretary of the navy accused this football coach of aiding and abetting communist regimes by holding up promotions and while all this was going on tommy tuberville of course went on tv and defended white nationalists in the military he literally became the first senator to use his own racism to distract us from his total contempt for our armed forces. Patriotic, hardworking military families have been living in limbo, unable to earn the income they should be earning because this guy wants to control the bodies of women in uniform and force his private beliefs of Christianity, which have nothing to do with Christ, on the federal workforce. Again, Jesus not against abortion. The Bible not against abortion. Judaism never comes out and bans abortion. Senator Mark Kelly put out a three-word press release about damn time. Military spends $49 million every year on Viagra. $49 million of your tax dollars are spent on Viagra for soldiers every year. And this guy refuses to approve footing the bill for women to travel to another state. Because he thinks women are broodmares. So he finally gave in. I'm, I'm not opposed to football coaches serving in the Senate by any means, but can we elect football coaches who are at least curious about public service? This guy's weakened your nation. The military is a complex organization that is dependent upon leadership. Not a senator who's got a degree in phys ed 
And he's still going to demand that people nominated for four-star promotions will have to get roll call votes on the Senate floor. But remember, the people who 20 years ago were saying letting gay troops serve would compromise military readiness, well, they've been cheering Tuberville for compromising military readiness. This guy who believes white nationalists good, women soldiers with control of their own bodies bad. Armed Services Chair Jack Reed, after the Senate approved and confirmed over 400 military promotions, said, first thing I want to do is apologize to the hundreds of officers, men and women who have dedicated themselves to their country and also to their families. There's still, a, I mean, Vice Chief of Staff of the Air Force, Head of Northern Command, Head of the Navy's Nuclear Propulsion Program, Air Component Command for Indo-Pakam. None of these positions are still filled. This guy's not fit for public office. He holds the U.S. military hostage for his own personal grandstanding, like Jim Jordan, like Boebert, like Gates, like Green, like Comer. Grandstanding buffoons looking to get more airtime on Fox News. That's it. That's why they're there. The real plot? Well, it's not that Tuberville's just a prostitute panhandling for lunatic evangelical votes. The real plot is it makes a lot more sense that Tuberville would be holding these promotions for a Donald Trump loyalty test. Have you, have you seen this movie before? Supreme Court appointments held up by Mitch McConnell? Donald Trump wants to appoint senior military leaders so he can appoint generals who might not defend the Constitution or democracy? What if this isn't even about abortion policy and the unborn? What if this is about Donald Trump wants to appoint the top military officials to do his goddamn bidding and to guarantee that his next coup attempt will be backed by the military? Because you can't have a successful coup without the military. I think Trump learned that last time. What if Tuberville's been doing this not because he gives a rat's ass about abusing women, but because he's saving the leadership for Trump to handpick, keeping all these positions open until the election where they can all be filled with Trump loyalists? That is the Project 2025 playbook, brothers and sisters. And we've got to start talking about Project 2025 a lot more because this attack on your government by MAGA Republicans is not stopping. He knew the Pentagon wasn't going to change policy over his dumb stunt. It was always always to just grovel for Trump. This man is so stupid. Paste tells its kids not to eat him. Meanwhile, though, 400 service members tonight are finally able to move forward with plans related to their new jobs and lives of protecting this country. And hundreds of our finest military leaders are finally getting the promotions they have earned. This guy's a former Auburn head coach who beat Alabama six times in a row. And for a lot of Alabama voters, that's all they care about when they go into a voting booth. He's stupid. He hates women. He's racist. He's guaranteed to have this job for another 20 years. We want to know what you think. We're at 866-997-4748, and we'll be right back. This is Progress. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. I know we've lost David Crosby this year. We lost Sinead. We lost Robbie Robertson, Shane McGowan, Denny Lane today. But we also lost Henry Kissinger. So life goes on. David Korn is with us now. He is a veteran Washington journalist and political commentator. You know him as Washington bureau chief for Mother Jones magazine and one of your favorite analysts at MSNBC. He's the author or co-author of four different New York Times bestsellers, including his most recent American Psychosis, which you have to own, makes a great holiday gift, and it exposes the deep-rooted Republican practice of boosting and weaponizing the rage and derangement of the right, which never goes out of style. Sign up for his terrific newsletter, Our Land, at davidcorn.com. David Corn, welcome back to SiriusXM. Always good to be with you, John. Thank you. I don't know if I want to talk with you about the loss of Kissinger or the loss of mainstream media credibility with their fawning obituaries of Kissinger. I mean, David, I expected well, the New York Times, but Fareed Zakaria broke my heart last week. We knew this was coming. <laughs> I've been hearing you say... Uh, for for decades, I mean, we you know it's amazing that Kissinger lasted this long and shows how unfair the universe can be. Um, mm. And in fact, he turned a hundred um, earlier this this year, back in the spring, I believe. And that's when I decided to write the first real obituary for him, in which you. you know people were celebrating a century of Kissinger. I was basically doing the body count and saying you wrote the anti-appreciation the anti-appreciation i you know i did this for his birthday and i reprised it after his demise um last week and you know you know you know people can focus on the opening to china detente with the soviet union and the negotiation oh, yeah. of the strategic yep. arm limitation treaties which were all diplomatic achievements i i i i will give him that sure. but um you know I, i'm not sure how you balance that on the scale against what he did with the secret bombing in cambodia giving the green light to pakistan to invade east pakistan what we now know as bangladesh um giving the green light to indonesia to invade uh east timor giving the green light to the dirty war of argentina yes. all these things i mean i added them up and you get anywhere between half a million to a million dead civilians plus of course the crushing of democracy in these places particularly argentina and chile uh where he and nixon and the cia plotted to help the military there That's know, right. have the right environment the right um you know um, um you know situation circumstances for the coup and then supporting the military dictatorship of augusto pinochet for years that's that disappeared right. and killed and tortured people and you know these things are not you know are not in dispute the you know you can argue about 
real real politique and the great game and yeah you you know they they we gave you know we turned a green gave a green light to pakistan to invade east pakistan because the pakistan strongman was being used to set the stage for the breakthrough with china that because you're you know you can argue whether whether this was right or wrong and was effective or not but you can't argue with the facts that these events led to tremendous death and destruction. Tremendous. And, um, I mean, you know, to, to say nothing of yeah. the bombing of Cambodia led yeah, to the we, we, civil war with the Khmer Rouge and led to a Holocaust of two million souls. Yes. Genocide there, you know, you know, was never litigated in court, but it was arguably illegal and unconstitutional. And so you add all this up and it is quite, quite a record, you know, unparalleled, unparalleled in, at least in American diplomacy of enabling and promoting actions that killed hundreds of, that led to the deaths uh, brutal deaths of hundreds of thousands of civilians in the, in these other countries you know uh, George W Bush and Dick Cheney only managed to do that with 200,000 or so Iraqi civilians after mm-hmm. their invasion of um of, of Iraq in like 2003 but Kissinger did it in multiple times multiple places and you know to me it's it's, it's kind of an interesting interesting commentary on our society on, on on the foreign policy elite the ruling elite the the elite media that none of this got Kissinger kicked out of the club he Correct. was feted he was celebrated you know, even you know the, the the long obituary about him in the New York Times didn't mention some of this. The first version of the obituary, which was shorter, cut a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff out. And then on it was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday there was yet another story about Kissinger on the front page now days after his death and it was all about how he was a celebrity and went to studio 50 party hopper and, and, oh you know, the charisma and, you know, the charisma party. david you're you're you know, you're anti you know, your anti obituary didn't mention his charisma or party hopping skills at all and you know and it's like you can still you know try to come to terms with him in terms in regarding policy and, and what he did but this you know this treating him just as a celebrity when yeah. his hands are drenched in blood, is 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 remarkable to me, and yet, you know, no one, you know, no one in these rarefied circles really much blinked an eye at this side of Kissinger's legacy over the last forty years. He, you know, fifty years. He he made a shitload of money. Yeah, I can say that right on serious. He made encouraged. a lot of money. He made a lot of money as a consultant, often helping you know American corporations and European corporations do business in China, mm-hmm. um, which you know where he was revered. Um, he spoke at Davos and all these international conferences, and every once in a while there'd be a protest. You know, people calling him a war criminal, but that was really you know a small price for him to pay for the yeah. millions and the fame and the partying and the houses here and the apartments, penthouses there. Um, he really got away with being a, I said this before, an enabler, an enabler of tremendous massacres. And, you know, very directly in terms of what happened, as you mentioned, in Cambodia, which did lead ultimately to this um, genocide mm-hmm. there. Uh, so we, you know, 
you know, the op-ed pages, the TV talk shows, foreign policy think tanks, they loved him to death to the to his, to his final days. And I just kept thinking someone needs to speak for these, you know, nameless, faceless East Timorese, Cambodians, uh, East right. Pakistanis, the, the disappeared people were disappeared by the anti-Semitic military yes. junta in Argentina, the people who were disappeared. Which he was in fine with. In Chile. And, you know, it's, again, you know, this stuff is not hidden. Uh, the National Security Archive, a nonprofit down here in Washington, has done a great job putting together different Kissinger files. And you can read memos. This all was written down when he invites and he's talking to the foreign minister of Argentina while Argentina, uh, uh, the government, is mounting this repressive wave, locking up and killing and disappearing uh, dissidents and critics, calling them all commies. You know, they're all yeah. communist terrorists. No, maybe they were socialists, maybe they're communists, but they were political opponents. That while this is happening, Kissinger is telling the foreign minister, we understand what you have to do. You should just mm -hmm. do it. You know as quickly as you can so he was giving them a green light and you know and this is being written down by people who are memorializing these conversations we know that he was in the meeting with nixon and the cia director uh richard helms when nixon right. said, let's make the let's make the chilean economy scream and let's make let, let's basically destabilize the country so that the military can overthrow the socialist government that was democratically right. elected. So, I mean, it's not like, let's, you know, we don't know. It's not like we suspect. It's not like this is based on anonymous sources. Most of this is based on, you know, memos that Kissinger's own people, his right. own people um, were writing. So that's right. it's, um, yeah, and that's why it, it makes this so case even more mystifying. Because, you know, usually when stuff like this happens, you know, the people or, you know, who are involved or their defenders can try to argue the facts. Well, that's just according to anonymous sources or the memo right. doesn't really say that or that's right. just somebody, you know, trying to make something of nothing. But in Kissinger's case, it's all there. And people in the ruling class... I don't want to be Marxist about it, but just in those circles, just didn't care. Well, that's what, let me, let me ask. I want to talk about the Middle East, but I want to ask you one more question about Kissinger because I've always wanted to ask you this question. Joe Biden was the first president who did not invite Kissinger to the White House, and Kissinger complained about it. And I've always kind of felt that that would not have happened if it wasn't for Bernie Sanders' comments in the debate with Hillary Clinton in 2016, where. Hillary Clinton heard someone say for the first time, I don't want to be friends with Henry Kissinger. I don't respect him. He would not be a mentor to me. How powerful do you think was Bernie Sanders' denunciation of Kissinger and the applause that follows? Because I have to tell you, I didn't see a lot of Democrats posting selfies with the guy after he died last week. I really do think that Bernie woke up some of the Democratic caucus about who this man really was. I, I hope so. There, you know, that was the whole. There was very an interesting episode because Hillary was saying on the campaign trail, you know, she was running against Bernie, and uh, that you know she would say, "Well, you know, my stint as Secretary of State 
was praised by Henry Kissinger. And, and then on a debate, she mentioned that. And he said, I don't want to be friends. I don't want to be friends with Henry Kissinger. You know what he mm-hmm. did in Cambodia? He killed millions yeah. of people. You know, And like he, he gave a very concise but very strong critique. Yeah. Uh, and, and the crowd loved it. Yeah, what didn't come out, something that I, I think I'm one of the only people to have reported this publicly, is that Hillary and Bill used to do winter vacations with Henry and Nancy, his wife, often going to the the, the resort mansion in, um, in the, I believe it was in the DR, of yeah. Oscar de la Renta. So they all would hang out together. And she gave this fawning review of one of his books in 2014 that I, I wrote about that too, in which she called him a friend and that he has always stood for American values. Now, listen, Bill and Hill, <laughs> when they were college kids, long, you know, and he had, and, and Clint had that, Bill had that beard and that shaggy mop. That's right. On top That's of his right. head. They were protesting the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. They, you know, now, you know, exactly. Years later, they get, they get into the establishment and exactly. they are something and vacaying with Henry Kissinger. So I after being was- called draft dodgers, after being called draft dodgers by Gingrich for years. And so I, I you know, that moment with Bernie saying, you know, I'm a progressive and, I, you know, and I don't want to be pals with Henry Kissinger. I don't take his endorsement. As I wouldn't take his endorsement as a badge of honor, as Hillary yeah. Clinton was doing. I thought, you know, was telling. I don't know how far it registered in the way that you describe it, but I do remember it being a particularly good moment of that campaign and illustrated sort of this um, contradiction that the Clintons have always had between being liberal and progressive on, yeah. you know, on a great many causes, but also being uh, part of a power elite and conventionalist and yuppies, you know, she would work for the children's defense fund and then be on the board of Walmart. Right. That's right. That's like having it really having it both ways, you know, a, a company that didn't have great, you know, didn't have good labor policies, but she was help helping poor kids. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, the Kissinger element was like maybe that, the worst end of the spectrum for them uh, uh, in that in that degree in that way and um but you're right we didn't see a lot of democrats rushing to no. praise henry kissinger after his death but fareed zakaria a guy i like and who, who I, respect, I love love him yeah, yeah you know i don't even want to, you know i may not always agree but you know just saying that kissinger his actions he wasn't just his ideas but his actions shaped the world fareed zakaria t- tweeted and it's like, yeah, they sure oh, did. Ask yeah. the dead in Cambodia and East Timor. Yeah, I can There's say that about a lot of guys. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Is it possible that House Speaker Mike Johnson just isn't that good at this and has a sense that he's not that good at this. It seems like he's been making a lot of very conciliatory gestures towards the far right wing of his caucus to placate them for his crime of working with Democrats to keep the government open. I mean, op- reopening the Biden impeachment after essentially saying it was done. It it it, it seems like he's really flailing and um, blurring out the faces of people in the January 6th video so the DOJ can't see them even though the DOJ got those tapes over a year ago. What do you make of how this guy's flailing about? Well, you know, it's really hard to be House Speaker. It's a very difficult job for anybody under any conditions. Uh, You know, you, you have about 200 people or so who all think they should be where you are, who all think they Mm -hmm. should be the next president, and that is above where you are. And you have to wrangle them, and they all, have, you know, and their political agendas always come first. And you have to raise a lot of money for them. You have to listen to them whine all the time, and That's right. you know, and you, you know, not less so with Nancy Pelosi of late, but you always have to always be watching your back because you're, right. you're surrounded. Even your even your closest people are in, tremendously ambitious and are waiting for any sign of weakness so they can then pounce. We saw this when Gingrich was speaker. We saw this when John Boehner was speaker. He kept worrying that Eric Cantor would take the job away from him if he, you know, pissed off the right wing That's too right. much. So it's a really hard thing to do. And usually, the people who get up and get these jobs have been in the leadership for years prior to this. So they mm-hmm. have built a constituency. They see how things work. They know um, how to deal with various members. And they're attuned to the to the challenges. Mike Johnson had none of that. He wasn't even a committee chair, so he had right. he, he had no practice at this very very difficult job. So right away, you know, and what he he was a lawyer for far right, uh, evangelically group evangelical group that That's wanted right. to take away rights from gay people and 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 ban abortion totally. Then he was a state representative. And in Louisiana, then he became a member of the House. He's That's been right. there for a couple of years. So he has no experience in anything that I think is commensurate with the task and the challenges he has assumed. So right exactly. then and there, you know, there's a problem. Then let's bring in <laughs> the craziness of MAGA Republicans. Exactly. You know, if this is a difficult thing if you're not dealing with crazy people. When you're dealing with, you know, with these far right folks now, whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene or Mark Gates or, or, or Jim Jordan um, and the Freedom Caucus, um, I, I, they really should be called the non-Freedom Caucus, but whatever. Of course. Um, it makes everything tougher. So he's facing the same dynamics that got Kevin McCarthy, who had served in leadership and had all these exactly. you know, prior experiences 
that made him didn't make him a good speaker, but gave him a sense of what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he failed. He couldn't keep things together. And yeah. so here comes Mike Johnson, who's I don't I, you know I don't think he's he's a, he, he's as smart politically as Kevin McCarthy. He doesn't have the experience and the the, the crazy MAGA dynamics have not changed. And so I mean, I'm kind of surprised he still has his head. I mean that metaphorically, but that the guillotine has not yet been wielded by by MAGA Republicans. He supported the same position that Kevin McCarthy did on the government shutdown and letting the Democrats help pass a bill to keep the government open. And he got a, a quasi pass on that because it was a honeymoon period and no one wanted to bounce another speaker and go through the same rigmarole. But ultimately, yeah. they most majority of the, of the House Republicans you know, hated hated him for this, and they're looking for other ways to extract revenge. And so now, you know, it's going forward with this, you know, crazy impeachment. And I'm all for investigating Hunter Biden, doing sure. a reasonable investigation of Hunter Please. Biden and his connections. And then if you find something, you then say, is this worthy of having an impeachment investigation? <laughs> but what they've basically done is impeach first and find yes. later. Right. So mm-hmm. and they keep coming up with these silly, bogus, you know, um, you know, revelations or charred revelations like uh-huh. Hunter Biden paid back a, a truck loan of thirteen hundred dollars, Joe Biden. And now it's all about <laughs> Chinese money going to Joe Biden. No, 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 no. you got to come. David, these people back. have a white grievance complex to feed. They have to get white men angry. Come on now. Give know, them a break. But that's that's exactly what it is. So with but with him, um, you know, so he, he does that. And he's now, you know, you know, going to try to withhold Ukrainian aid for Ukraine um, yeah. unless they, you know, get them get everything they want on the border and said his stupid thing today about blurring up the faces. Uh, I mean, he's you know, he's so he's basically catering to the, the loudest voices on, on, on the right. And, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know, it's I think the only reason he, he may stay in the job is because no one wants to go through the hell of picking another House Speaker. That could because be the safest nothing thing for changes. Him. There's no better. There's no better candidate because it's a job that can't be done. One final question, and I'll let you back to your good night. And thank you for joining us this late, Mr. Korn. You have a piece in your new Outland newsletter today that I think is really powerful uh, called "Is a Two-State Solution Still Possible." I want to believe it's still possible, David. I want to believe that maybe if, if, if young people in Palestine and Israel who would have to live under an agreement could do the negotiating, it would still be possible. But it seems that your hope is dimming that this could somehow happen after the atrocities of October 7th. Yeah, and the atrocities and the counterstrike. Uh, the exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've been for a two-state solution for, for, for decades. I've thought you know there needs to be an equal footing between yeah. the Palestinians and the Israelis. I mean, you got basically the same amount of Israel Israelis and Palestinians who all look at the same piece of territory and say, that's ours. And so unless you're gonna fight, have a you know, have a bloody fight to the end, the the only other choice is to find a way to cohabitate. And and, yeah. and 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 that's have it. two states that share within the area, share the, some of the land, whatever it is. I mean, that's just kind of a basic here that that's the only long term answer. Uh, and so the two state solution, which 
in principle, some Palestinian leaders have agreed to uh, Muhammad mm-hmm. Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, and 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 Yasser Arafat did in a way, though he walked away from, uh, somewhat walked away from a de- deal during the Carter uh, during the Clinton years, um, but you know that seems to be what we want, and we see Anthony uh, Blinken and others as they deal with the day-to-day stuff saying we need to get the war finish the war and move on to negotiations of political settlement towards a two-state solution and i i I say that too but i think if we're being honest with ourselves you know we have to we have to realize that that at this moment might be a negotiation too far a bridge too far the the two-state solution was has been losing support within israel prior to October 7th. I mean, the right is totally against it. The far right, the religious extremists, the settle, you know, people putting the settlements in the West Bank, they've always yeah. been against it. Netanyahu has been trying to subvert it and sabotage it, which is one reason, you know, he propped up Hamas, um, not too secretly in Gaza, because he wanted a split in the Palestinian leadership. If you have the Palestinian Authority, which is kind of corrupt and ineffective, in on charge of the West Bank Palestinians, and you have Hamas in Gaza, he could say, we can't have a two-state solution. They can't even have a one-government state. They can't, you know, there's no one to negotiate. And right. Hamas has, you know, so you, so it was already, you know, in trouble before October 7th. October 7th, I think, has, you know, you know, it's, it's reasonable to, to see it this way, has, has caused the hardliners to be even more against this, a two-state solution, and has yeah. caused centrist Israelis and liberal Israelis to wonder, can we live next door to a sovereign Palestinian state? Look what just happened. And with the counter-strike and the bombing and the ground assault, which has gotten intensified intensified, and even more vicious since the ceasefire ended a few days ago, you see Palestinians having greater support for Hamas, which obviously is against true. a two-state solution. They, they're genocidalists. They say openly they want to destroy Israel. They do not want Israel to exist. So, you know, you know, people can say what they want to say about whether is the Israeli government is engaged in war crimes or genocide, but Hamas is on record as being in favor of, of annihilating, exterminating um, Israel. So, um, so we still have no idea what will replace Hamas, if anything, in terms of governance and representing the Palestinian people? And as the you know, as more and more civilians are killed and more and more of Gaza is destroyed, you know, obviously it's going to create deeper and deeper deeper uh, sentiments of anger and hatred on the Palestinian side and make them less likely to want to engage in a two-state solution. So, um, you know, so I think talking about it at this point is kind of nice in theory, but I think right. actually to be more hard-headed about it, I mean, you can still, it should be kept as a goal. We need to think about, okay, how do we get the fighting to end as soon as possible? And right. then what type of cooling off period does there have to be before you can broach anything resembling negotiations between these two sides and that cooling off period is going to have to require rebuilding yeah uh, tremendous rebuilding in gaza and that's going to cost a lot of money so arab nations european nations the united states have to sort of be thinking about this yesterday 
about how they can do this. And and then also the the the, the more in some ways the harder question of who represents the Palestinian people. How do you get you know, governance there that is not in the hands of the um you know the the tyrants and terrorists of Hamas? And yeah. so I mean I we need to sort of the the groundwork for a two-state solution was not great before October 7th. It's obviously worse now, but mm. we need to think about how to how to get to the point, uh, how to go back to the point where then you can consider it uh, realistically again. And so that's what I think the focus should should be I, on. Yeah. Right. I do and, have any. Um, I mean, do you have any hope? That, we're 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 about to hit our break, but do you have any hopes right now? Uh, right now, I think it's hard to find hope. Yeah, I'm I think above, right. you know it's just you know Israel, you know the Netanyahu regime just seems so dug in on this, and Biden I think is trying to limit what the, the civilian casualties and destruction, and I think he's is finding in the last forty eight hours that that may not be possible, and then I don't know what he does if he comes to that realization. David Korn, it is always a great pleasure and honor to have you with us. Mr. Korn is the Washington Bureau Chief for Mother Jones and an analyst for MSNBC. You should follow his newsletter, Our Land, at davidkorn.com. What's the best way for our uh, evil army of the night to follow you on the socials, sir? Um, David Korn, D.C., at Twitter, David Korn 1, at Threads, and you can search me on the other ones. Those are the, the two biggies. And that's where you can find me and my work. And then yeah, and you can and you can sign up for the newsletter for free at davidcorn.com. That's corn of the sea. So thank you, John. Enjoy your heartbreak. Thank you, David. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. And um, I look forward to having you back. And we can talk about the unstoppable Nikki Haley momentum sometime really soon. I think uh, she's looking really great for a distant second. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-GRIT. This is Progress. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fiegel saying this is SiriusXM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT, taking your calls this very hour. We'll also be joined in a few moments by my comedy daddy, the great and very funny Keith Price. Really quick, we mentioned earlier that Senator Bernie Sanders has said uh, he opposes what he sees as the unconditional military aid to Israel that Joe Biden has requested as part of his supplemental spending due to the vote this week. He said what Prime Minister Netanyahu's government is doing is immoral. 
referring to their military approach to Gaza. The Biden administration imposed sanctions on several dozen Israeli settlers that are believed to be involved in attacks against Palestinians, banning them from traveling to the U.S. Not sure if that's going to be enough. This is beginning to tear people apart. I mean, it's been tearing people apart since the day it happened. And I don't know if the State Department announcing travel bans on extremist Jewish settlers is going to really satisfy some people. Here's a clip from earlier today. State Department spokesman Matt Miller said the U.S. continues to tell Israel the current flow of humanitarian aid to Gaza simply is not enough. If only, I don't know, if only somehow the U.S. government had some power over Israel, which is much bigger and wealthier than us, and we depend on them financially, I guess. We are four or five days into this campaign in the South. It's just started again after the pause. It's too early to make, I think, overall assessments about how it's going. But certainly I know for civilians on the, on the ground, conditions are incredibly difficult. We are engaging with the government of Israel at every level to try to increase the amount of humanitarian assistance that is getting in so people do have food and people do have water. We are working with uh, UNRWA to try to identify sites where civilians can go to be safe from harm and working with the government of Israel to ensure that those sites are protected and are not targeted. There is not enough being done right now. The level of assistance that's getting in is not sufficient. It needs to go up and we've made that clear to the government of Israel. The level of fuel that is going in is not sufficient. It needs to go up. And we have made that clear to the government of Israel. Now, again, the in what the Israeli military is saying is some of the most intense fighting yet. Troops today rolled into Khan Yunus, the Gaza Strip's second largest city. And the Israeli military said they are going to continue attacking with land and air forces deeper into southern Gaza. The ground forces began their push yesterday after weeks of pounding through northern Gaza. The White House is saying, Israel, you've got to minimize civilian deaths. And I think they're smart in doing so because this is not making Israel safer. This is making Netanyahu's exit seem all the more imminent. And by the way, we should also talk about the fact that it's good that people are beginning to finally discuss the sexual violence committed by Hamas on Israeli women on October 7th. I mean... These women were not just raped and assaulted. They were mutilated. Some of the victims were so mutilated that authorities couldn't identify the genitals to tell if it was a man or a woman. And the world's governments have been largely silent on this one. But there's a great article in the Times how accounts of sexual violence by Hamas are aired amid criticism of the UN. It will take many, many years to make sense of all of this violence. And I just don't know if trying to slaughter more Palestinian civilians is going to make Hamas go away or make Israel safer. Here's one of the correspondents today at the Pentagon who was not happy with Matt Miller's answers. And this correspondent relayed a tale from a family member in Gaza and begged the administration to be more definitive in its role in this conflict. Yesterday, late today, uh, I talked with uh, my cousin. He in Gaza. He lives in Gaza. He's not related to Hamas. He told me we are hungry. We don't have food, no water for my children, for my grandchildren. He told me everything is targeting uh, human, unhuman, green. Uh, he told me this is. Uh, you talk about future in Gaza. They rem will remove Gaza from the map. Uh, what are you talking about? So, so please, uh, uh, yani, uh, 
consider yeah, for for a while or think if you are in uh, if you put yourself on their place what do you think what you are going to do so first of all let me um uh just say i'm sorry to hear that account i know if it's a, a family member that is extraordinarily um uh difficult um and i'm sorry to hear it i will say that what the united states is doing to address that very situation is number one making clear to israel that we do not want to see this campaign conducted in the south the way it has been conducted in the north okay but does that fill you with confidence that they don't want to see it conducted in the south the way it was conducted in the north i, I mean th th there are some basic things we can all agree on right can we agree that that hamas are nazi terrorists can we agree that netanyahu is a criminal gangster thug if we can get to that point maybe we can agree that the people of Israel deserve to live in peace and security with a neighbor that recognizes their right to exist, and the people of Palestine deserve to live in peace and security and independence with self-determination and control of their own borders. Can we agree on those things? Because you can build a house on that. I don't have a lot of faith in old men doing it, but violence is not going to get us out of this. And I don't know about you. I've been turning on the news and being depressed about violence in this region my entire life. It doesn't seem to be working. All right. I need I need to cheer myself up. I need someone smarter than me and sexier than me and funnier than me and more talented than me. And I know it's a vast net. But instead, let me welcome you to our comedy daddy, the great Keith Price, who you guys know from this show. He classes the joint up every single week here. Keith, of course, is a wonderful actor and comedian and broadcaster. And he was the first openly gay black radio host at Sirius XM. He co-anchored the morning show on the late lamented breakthrough channel OutQ. Do your soul a favor and subscribe to his wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call. Even if you never go to Broadway, like me, you just dream of it, but you work nights, so it's not going to happen anymore. It'll still make you feel that much closer to the great white way. People of Earth, please welcome our comedy daddy, Keith Price. Hello, can you hear me? I sure can. How are you, sir? Welcome I'm back. I'm fabulous. How are you, sir? Happy December. I'm really good. I actually went to a Broadway this weekend keith you'd be so proud of oh, me I, what did you I, see? I i saw um uh how to dance in ohio as part of a school field trip with Ooh. my with my child which is the musical about autistic adults in a in a in a support group um so I, i've made it to two musicals already this fall wow that's yeah. fabulous that's yeah. really fabulous well i actually yesterday got to go to broadway cares red bucket follies which is the thing that they do every the, the last like six weeks of the winter going into the winter and then they do another fundraiser again six weeks right after easter near easter time in which they go to like every broadway show every off-broadway show every show that's on the tours that are the equity tours that are around the country they right. at the end of every show they do a, a a pledge to try to get money from the audiences to add to the collection that they do every year and mm -hmm. they have a big show thing that they do two days in a row and they've raised millions upon millions of dollars. And today was the finale of the, the season, but I didn't get to get the final total because I went to the dress rehearsal yesterday, but it's the millions of dollars that they wind up raising every year. That is just ridiculously amazing. And all of the money goes with to Broadway cares and they fund different 
organizations around the country, the Phyllis Newman's uh, Women's Initiative Health Center, the Dancers Responding to AIDS, like they give money to all these different, um, the entertainment fund, which used to be the Actors Fund. Um, mm -hmm. They give a huge donations, especially after the uh, strike that went on. They gave like a million dollar grant to uh, Broadway, to um, the Entertainment Fund to distribute amongst all the people that were displaced because of the strike. So, you know, they make they make room for all kinds of things. And so, again, Broadway Cares, you know, they do it every year. And I, it's just the most beautiful thing to see because it's also one of those rare moments that you get to see like Broadway stars that just show up out of nowhere, like, you know, Lilius White, famous for her moments in Dreamgirls and, mm -hmm. and The Life and all that other stuff. She's right now on Broadway in Hadestown. And they did a thing yesterday where they redid the big fight scene at the end of Act One for uh, Dreamgirls. And they brought out all oh. these people. To, to, it was just ridiculous. That's crazy. It was wow. just ridiculous. And so, you know, it was just the most beautiful thing to do. And, you know, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights the AIDS, they have all kinds of fantastic things. If people are looking for uh, gifts to give to their friends who are big theater fans, they have these one-of-a-kind kind of things. That they mm -hmm. also have uh, every, these different ornaments. And so this year, the ornament that they're doing of the Broadway legends is Cheetah Rivera as Aurora from oh, nice. Spider-Woman. Nice. And, you know, they've done Barbara Streisand. They've done all kinds of folks. Billy Porter was a, an ornament in his kinky boots to wear. It's Go just, ahead. it's crazy. So it is such a beautiful celebration of theater, <laughs> plus the fact that it's like literally the country coming together and raising money all over the, I mean, because they do these things in all That's of the great. different shows around the country. So, you know, you, you, it, it was you just know, beautiful. You, you, just That's, beautiful. You, you, you know, you know, Keith. Uh, Steve Bannon just did a fundraiser for AIDS too. Um, did he? <laughs> not, not, not for research for the actual disease to support the virus. He did. A, he tried to raise money for the actual <laughs> virus of AIDS. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a nice thing to do. Keith, it's so good to see you. We have so much you to catch up on. There's so much rank fuckery going on in the world, oh, and I do want to talk about, about a few things, including these this this Republican menage a trois where the husband decided to rape the girlfriend. Uh, because why not? Everyone else is. Why should we let's go to the phones though we are taking your wow. calls at 866-99 oh you have you heard this story it's going to blow your no. mind it, this oh republicans in florida have lost their mind we are at 866-997-4748 i'm so excited to tell you this story 866-997-GRIT but first let's go to steven in kentucky steven thanks for your patience on hold you are on progress with the steven. great keith price welcome steven dollar hello how are you very good Wonderful. how are you Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm just having my cocktail, so um, <laughs> just listening and, and what have you. Um, I thought Stephen Bannon was the virus. <laughs> nice. Very good. Very good. I was just a bit confused when you said that because Steve I Bannon is like the uncle who asks you to sit on his lap and you're 15. You know what I mean? That's what Steve Bannon is. He's... <laughs> He's like so a, that's he's why he like looks a, so he, haggard. Yeah, he's like an infected toe. You know what I mean? Oh. He, just, he looks like gout that caught gout. Do you know what I mean? He's just not a well man. He, he's he's like a sack of pus that developed rickets. Word. Well, he kind of reminds yeah. me of genital warts or something. There you, know, you go. Exactly. Go this is what I'm saying. Yeah, we, and I only say this as we care about him, Keith. I, I we, we care <laughs> about him. And that's why I, I, I say these things that, you know, he looks like. He, he, I mean, he, he looks like he he's the guy that 
HR gives a deodorant stick to after one too many complaints from coworkers. You know what I mean? He looks like he looks like the guy the strippers told the bouncer to keep an extra eye on tonight. He looks like that guy. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I worry about him. He doesn't look healthy. He looks like a police sketch artist rendition of the gonorrhea virus. I'm just worried about his well-being. Damn. That's all. Stephen, you agree? Well, I'm so curious about that story you were talking about from Texas, the menage a trois. It reminds me of that old saying, uh, Texas has a whorehouse in it. <laughs> no, and pretty much it does, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a musical waiting to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to... Do you, do you know the story? It's it's really... It's, no. it's remarkable. Okay. Well, this is all over the news. And, and at first, I, I, I kind of... Let's talk about it. Stephen, go for the ride. I kind of wanted to stay away from this story at first because I'm not into kink-shaming, Keith. You know this. I don't believe in kink-shaming. I think adulthood is Neither hard. And what whatever you find that helps you get through your day being an adult, people embrace your kink. And as long as you are not hurting or exploiting any people or animals or children, then go ahead and be as crazy as you want. Live as mm-hmm. large as you need. Right, Keith? I can't stress this enough. That's it. Absolutely. Okay. So, so I got no problem. No problem whatsoever with unconventional lifestyles, and I think more married couples should party like these two. But here, here is the problem. <laughs> There's several it's problems. It's always good First to off, do things upside down. I, listen, I, this, if this couple is into having a long-standing, consensual, three-way sexual relationship with another woman, ordinarily, so I'd say it. fantastic. Go ahead. It can save a marriage. God bless. It's great. However, however, the people we're talking about are Bridget Ziegler who is the founder of Moms for Liberty, which is a heroically evil anti-gay organization that tries to stop anything that would ever, ever lend dignity to gay lives or the LGBTQ experience in the school system, in our education system, and her husband, who is Florida's GOP chairman, a very right-wing couple that serves a governor that harasses LGBTQ people without cease. And so now we're in the hypocrisy area. You're 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 pretending to be these Christians and we know they're fake Christians because they support Trump. They support DeSantis. We know they haven't actually read the Bible, but they talk a good game, you know. So so normally it's like, okay, I don't think having a three way that's consensual in any way violates any Christian ethics. It it really it's not adultery. You're not hurting anyone if you're doing it right. Um, So 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 that that story broke. And I thought, well, they're guilty of hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. but it's gotten more interesting now. Because the husband of the co-founder, Christian Ziegler, again, Florida's GOP chairman and the husband of the white blonde lady who started Moms for Liberty, has now been accused of rape by the woman who had previously had this longstanding consensual triad sexual relationship. They were never like together as a as a as a a real threesome. They just would hook up and God bless. So now this is according to the Florida Center for Government Accountability. The woman in question called the cops and said that apparently one day they were going to meet up and party and she had to cancel or the wife had to cancel. And the woman said to uh, Mr. Ziegler, it's okay. I'm only into it for her more than you. I'm not really into you. Then allegedly Mr. Ziegler went to her house, the girlfriend, and raped her and filmed it and filmed it. So it's gone from being a hypocrisy story, which we can all laugh about, to being a brutally dark story 
of sexual abuse. And you're going to be hearing a lot more of this. Now, I believe most of the Florida Republican Party has kind of just laid low about this. The local chapter of Moms for Liberty in Pennsylvania is breaking off from the national organization after all of this. It, it, it's hurting Moms for Liberty, which is good. They've been saying it's hard to advocate for parental rights when the co-founder is caught up in the scandal. Our values are not aligning with the national organization. Um, this is going to build and build to me as a story. And what I fear is that it's going to be all about the, the tawdry, lurid titillation of a married couple having a girlfriend, which, again, I'm all for. It's great. Mm -hmm. God bless. Uh, when I think it should be focused on the hypocrisy and, of course, uh, on the accusations of sexual assault. Did I, did I set it up well? What? Yeah, that's that's Florida Republicans, not Texas Republicans. Equally toxic, equally bad shit, but a whole different flavor of crazy. Wow, you're shitting me. No. You are kidding me. It took so me he, so long to learn the details of that story because it's so tawdry. So he allegedly raped her and filmed it? Raped her and filmed it and told the police that he wow. had it on tape, but he might have deleted it. So he doesn't know of where it course. is. Of Someone course. doesn't know how the cloud me. works. Tell me. That just tells me that we're dealing with a deranged individual here that would sit there. Anybody that would sit there and film such a crime is that it screams of sickness because we've yeah. seen this before over the years. Didn't Ted Bundy used to do the same thing, I believe, or one of those serial killers that would do what? You know, also do this. I mean, do what? Yeah, it, it, well, what? I think Ra Charles rape and Manson kill people did at one time. What rape people? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Right. Oh, yes, that was sort of Ted. It, that I was believe. Ted Bundy's thing. Yes, that was Ted Bundy's. Yeah, I mean, not and again, not to compare this guy to Ted Bundy, but this guy is no, the one but, who ran. I, I, this guy ran Moms for Liberty media training in July, and his advice was never apologize ever. Apologizing makes you weak. That's no, the see, guy. That's the problem. That's the yeah. problem right there. Because how? See. I was just talking with uh, Zelf Lundgren's office about this today. We were talking about uh, enlightenment. You know, they, they love to talk about anti-woke. Maybe if they were a little woke to begin with, they would learn from their mistakes, correct them, and <laughs> oh, learn think? to move forward. That is exactly what we're supposed to do in this life, for heaven's sake. What the hell are we supposed... I mean, that's why these people have nothing better to do with their lives, and they're so neil... Let's call them what they really are. This is not anti-establishment behavior people this is using that as an excuse to further along your criminality your mm. your psychosis your nihilism your misanthropic misanthropic behavior that's exactly what this is and this is very i think that's a slap in the face to people that really do care about anti-establishmentarian yeah. politics yeah. it, yeah, it really is and and it, as much as i um you know you were talking earlier about Palestine and Israel. It comes up, yes. I have to say, I think people... I'm a little upset with this administration, too, because I... At least he's willing, Biden is willing, to reach out to the Arab American community. And I think he is somebody that's evolved over the years on certain issues, too. However... Yes. I think, and I think it's important for people to remember this because I, I hate to say this, but pe these young people need to remember that Donald Trump, during his administration, Khashoggi's murder happened on his watch. Not That's to right. mention Jared Kushner and what happened with the Saudi royal family. Preach. The fact that they made money. 
they made money off of that, not to mention the fact that he sent uh, – what was it? What was the thing with um, – oh, it I, escapes I, my mind now. I don't I, know. I, I, want, 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 I, want, I want Keith to jump in on this, though. Keith? I'm sorry. I, mean, I didn't mean to. Your, your thoughts just, on rep- – go ahead. This is the Family, well, I mean, family the, Values the, Party. It's, it's the Republican hypocrisy is just so overwhelming that I I never understand why is it it is overwhelming because it's so apparent to people and it's so apparent yeah. to me and the behavior is so apparent it's like as as much as these people preach about trying to do what's right for the children or do what's <laughs> right for you know for women and we're gonna do it's like those are the same very those very same people that are doing all of the things that they're allegedly trying to stop hap- happening you know what i mean like You're right. it's like they're worrying about perversion they're worrying about all this other stuff and it's not and again not to kink shame but like you can't be not to kink shame standing- you know, you can't be standing up in front of America talking about your family values and all these things you're going to do when you've got, you know, five and six mistresses and you've got, you know, clearly now you have this one particular mistress who's not happy about being recorded <laughs> and filmed. You know, yeah. it's like, you, you know, your your public life is going to wind up getting turned over because your private life is so fucking full of shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, it's like we need liberal sex education. Thank Real you. Family. Exactly. You want to see the abortion rate go down, by the way? If any of these Republicans wanted the well, abortion rate to go about... down, they'd be fighting for sex education and more birth control. Well, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the technical terms. I'm talk I don't see anything wrong with adolescents at an age of fourteen, fifteen years old learning about, you know, how to expand their mind in terms of you know, letting sex be exciting and interesting, letting them know about dessert toppings and all of that, but at the same time, balancing that out with learning how to respect themselves and in turn their partners. What in the mm-hmm. hell is so wrong with that? I mean, you talk about kink for a moment. The fact is, it's not necessarily kink. It's more about being a free spirit. It's about liberation. They talked about of the course. sexual liberation movement in the 60s. This I'm telling you, their perversion that. is the nicest thing about these people. Their perversion is the only thing I respect about them. I think their their threesome is fantastic. It's their corrosive oh, I, I fake morality that makes me crazy. I no, I don't no, mind you threesomes at all. And well, I'm so I, glad I, you but, feel but, that way, Stephen. Well, well, no, not at all. But at the same time, though, I think if they're going to do that, they also need to be civilized human beings, for heaven's sake. They act like they just got out of prison or something, for heaven's sake. You know, I mean, what they've never it's like going to uh, one of those exotic bars or what have you. They act like they've never seen a woman before. Like Michael Johnson, for instance. I mean, what he's never. I guess that's immaculate conception. I'm, I guess that's how I'm not that's convinced Mike Johnson ever. Role. I'm not convinced Mike Johnson ever has seen a woman before. I, 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 I you don't know, think Mike he has Johnson, either. Mike Johnson kind of makes Mike Pence look like Keith Moon. Have you noticed that lately? <laughs> I mean, that, like, yeah, I could, I could understand that. Well, that whole nonsense with him talking about his son being his partner in trying to combat pornography. He's his anti-porn well, first of all, buddy. If he doesn't want to see it, then don't look at it. There's a, <laughs> a there's a simple solution. But I want to point something out before I go, dear. If we're going to talk about this issue, let's talk about it. For instance, with pornography. Now, of course, it offends some people. Some people, there's feminists that have uh, some arguments about it, and moralists as well. But the Mm -hmm. point is, though, I don't like it when you have men and women who voluntarily choose to pose in a 
in a magazine that's that's been around for a long time, for instance. Go on. Maybe they disagree with their decision, <laughs> but at Go the on. same time, they're linked in with people that are victims of white slavery. No, no, no you've, lo- you've lost me. Wait a minute. Right. You don't. I, he's he's lost me, Keith. You don't have a problem with men and women who choose to pose in magazines at what? What I'm saying is that there are some feminist and moralist in this country that want to make the argument that, for instance, a woman who poses in Playboy or a man who poses in Playgirl, for instance, that yes. somehow or another that's almost the same as them being forced into it like white slavery. They oh, I don't hear that. The two together. Those are two different, very different concepts. Yeah, I, I haven't and those heard should that be at all. Out. Indeed. Okay. Well, we we agree on that. I don't think that's happening. Uh, Stephen, thank you very very much. It's thank good to hear you. from you. Have a great evening, Keith. Any 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 comments? I mean, this opens up a whole new universe of Republican couples we can think about hitting up, hooking up with. I, well, I mean, totally at this point, especially if they're looking to film it. I, you know, I, again, <laughs> like I'm just again, like I said, I'm just I am not surprised that this is information that's come out about them that's the part that is surprising you know what i mean that i'm not surprised that that it came out that it came out or that it's you know behind people that are spending their life trying to pretend that there's something else that they really aren't in order to get people to follow behind them of some movement that they truly deep down don't fucking believe in them themselves and that's exactly it they don't and i and we all know how real their faith is when you're that obedient exactly. to ron DeSantis. i can tell you are really into the new testament keith i love you thank you for joining us and making me look forward to tuesdays have a great evening okay how do we too, tell babe. the kids again how to follow you they can get me at comedy daddy on twitter keith price curtain call on instagram and keithpricecomic.com for everything else Guys, keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress all day long. We'll be back tomorrow night. Again, Congressman Eric Swalwell joins us. Oh, thank you again to the great Thea Harper, our wonderful producer, as well as the great Chris Hauselt, and, of course, our comedy daddy, Keith Price, and David Cord as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.